Hello and welcome to this week's episode of this bonus episode. I'm going to mess this up. Let's try that again. Hello and welcome to this week's bonus episode of Lit Service where we are doing hot seat critiques. I'm Caitlin and I'm here with Cameron and we are going to critique as much of a chapter, a formally submitted chapter, a past submission, that's probably a better way to say that, for 20 minutes. We'll just see what we can get done in that amount of time. All right, and here we go. I'm just going to start reading. Um, If either of us have anything we want to say, we're just going to butt in and say it. And I hope you enjoy. This is from the Marissa Meyer submission. So if you submitted for Marissa Meyer, listen up. Okay, chapter one. As soon as I mentioned mermaids, I knew I'd made a mistake, which I really like as a first line. Snappy. Yeah. It was as if the detective's face shuddered closed, forehead puckered like a man facing it another disappointment in a long slew of disappointments. It was obvious the poor guy's day had just taken a turn for the worse, and that was before reviewing the results of my drug test. It's a pretty good description. The it was at the start of the paragraph is a bit passive, but the rest is good. Yeah. Well, and that's a lot of information. I like that we've got her in a detective's cell place and that he's mad at her and that there's a drug test. I barely managed to suppress a laugh when the detective returns from looking at them. It's a way it's the way he sees me now. I've gone from damsel in distress to troublemaker. Also we've got bad results. Did we just switch from past to present tense? It was obvious I barely managed to suppress a laugh. Yeah. Yeah, kinda actually. I don't even know which of the two describes me better right now, so I can't blame him for his judgment. I was coming down off my stardust high when that police officer found me on the side of 2nd Street. So I'm guessing this is a Peter Pan retelling of some kind. Traumatized into sobriety. So she's high and is traumatized into sobriety. Interesting. The shock had just begun to settle like a blanket over my shoulders, and I cried damsel-like, telling him a shortened version of what had happened that day. I cowered when the officer brought me in, and when Detective Curtis introduced himself, I submitted meekly to a voluntary drug test. Just a precaution, the detective assured me, but now that the narrative has changed, I don't regret it, mistake or no. I'm getting a little bit confused in this paragraph. How do you feel, Cameron? Um, Like, I feel like all the information we kind of need is in that first sentence, whereas the rest of it is, like, telling us stuff. That is maybe not super. Yeah, important. I, the, I think the, the main thing that's getting confusing is is just the the order that things are happening in versus the order we're being told in. Hmm. Maybe. Okay. Cool. Because I mean, we've got this first sentence of this, and then the next paragraph, which I haven't read yet, is a single line paragraph that says, "I prefer troublemaker to damsel any day." I think, and now my fate is sealed, which tells us pretty much everything else that happened. Maybe, possibly. I guess it kind of gives this narration about how she got from the street, like, scared into sobriety to the detective's office. So there's maybe some blocking in there. But it's not super clear. It's like a narration after the fact, which is fine. Um, I don't know. It's just less grounded than it could be. Rather yeah. than rather than, pu- rather than putting us in the events as they're happening, we have, we have a large paragraph on the first page that is recap. Yeah, that's, that's true. A, a perhaps questionable choice on the first page. Hmm. Yes. We definitely want to be drawn into the narrative, which that, that paragraph does have interesting things happen, but it's actually just doubling down on all of the interesting things rather than giving us new interesting things, if that makes sense. Like we've got... I mean, we distress, get the detail but... you know, with the drug test and then... Well, the implication is that 
she would rather them know she was on drugs than just that she was in trouble. (laughs) (laughs) Which I'm interested to see the justification for that. Yeah, I guess that's true. Which there's an interesting jog between what's actually happening and then the voice here, which is really interesting because I'm kind of reading ahead and this is why I think this. The next paragraph says, the mermaids were real, I tell the detective who is no longer on my side, which I actually like that line. Sure, kid, he replies. He settles heavily into the car seat, into the seat across from me. It's not a car seat. We're in some sort of conference room. I added in car seat because I'm thinking about small children, apparently. Yeah, I know. That was my (laughs) fault. It smells like paper and sweat with a dash of middle-aged frustration. That's a really nice. That's a good line. Yeah. There are coffee rings on the glazed tabletop. While the detective was gone, I'd rubbed at a few of them, but they wouldn't budge. Wouldn't budge. Like stains? Why would they budge? The place probably hasn't been That's another... Sorry, go ahead. That's another detail that's out of time in the flow of the... Oh, yeah. We're going... We're jumping from what's actually happening actively to what happened before a lot in this. And, like, I don't don't think that's inherently bad. It's just that we've gotten a lot of them. Yeah. So far. true. Well, and it also makes it a little bit harder to track what's actively going on. Yeah. What what the current moment is. Yeah. I'm still not sure what the current moment is. Yeah. So if you could, sorry, I'm already being prescriptive. If you could like group all of the flashback together, that would be cool. (laughs) Maybe. And make it clear. The general wisdom would be just don't do any flashback. That's true. Because if you can divulge this information in conversation or like, I, I, I mean, you can do whatever you want with your own story, but it's just a thought. This place probably hasn't been cleaned well since the Dark Ages. The detective eyes me, potbelly hanging over his belt, his large, hairy hands folded nonchalantly on the table. So what I'm talking about with a voice versus what's happening, um, dissonance to me, where she's telling a detective, the mermaids were real. I'm not sure if she's, like, pleading. It doesn't seem like it, though. Based on the rest of the narration, she's pretty, like, snappy. I'm not going to give in. I am kind of mad about being in here, possibly, except that she also went to them for help and is glad that she's there. I guess I'm not really sure I have a beat on our main main character here. What do you think? Yeah, I don't either. I'm not sure if the mermaids is like a hallucination she saw. There were actually mermaids. It's an excuse she's making up. I I think I'm okay. Not. I think in the flow of what I think is happening, I'm okay not knowing it at this point, but because we have all of the the past detail interjections it's just it's just a little bit too much uncertainty altogether i think on its own maybe it wouldn't be a problem but together it's it's a little harder i guess what i what i mean to say is i'm not sure how she feels right now i'm not sure same same i'm not sure if she's angry if she's upset if she's like throwing this in the detective's face if she's pleading with him like i'm not sure where our main character is as far as like being comfortable in this moment okay so he's about to ask why i was high as a kite at a party i pulled the plug on um this is a really nitpicky detail but if his hands are on the table i'm not sure she can see where his gut meets his belt yeah the table would be in the way that's true anyway unless he's like doing the detective (laughs) sit back with his hands on his belly thing you know that's possible but his hands are on the table so i guess oh that's true what you guys can't see is that i'm currently attempting to replicate this posture (laughs) we should do these with video (laughs) maybe if he's like really really tall and really really fat moving on we might just cut that (laughs) no no it's cool all right 
Well, you see, detective, someone was about to get shot, straight up murdered. Ask me about that. Is there something you didn't tell me initially that you'd like to share with me now, he asks. Loads, pal. Loads. See, there's that attitude again. She's there willingly, like she wants to be there, but she's got this attitude. I'll tell you anything if you tell me who died. I think that's her talking, yeah? Probably. Yeah. There's a little confusion there. The detective's caterpillar eyebrows shoot skyward. His eyes say, don't act like you're in a position to make demands, kid. This is my house. But then his mouth says, what makes you think someone died? I roll my eyes. Gunshot? Go ahead, Cameron. I stole your page. Oh, it's fine. We've already been over this old sport. I'm tired and hysterical and hungover and close to begging, so please, please, let's stop yanking one another's chains and I'll tell you whatever you want to hear and you'll tell me if Dan... Old sport feels weird to me in her voice. I don't well, know. I feel like this is that tonal dissonance again where I'm like tired and hysterical and hungover. But she sounds like like Lorelai Gilmore where she's like, I'm giving you all the sass that I can. Which is possible. I mean, you could have those two things together. Her inner dialogue is very together. Yeah, exactly. It doesn't sound hysterical. She's not. Act- it doesn't seem I mean, like she's could, worried she about could be unreliable day. narrating her own thought stream. Mm-hmm. That strikes me as very, very tricky to pull off. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I haven't detected any sense of panic or like somebody died that I'm excited, like that I'm worried about. Like if she knows somebody who died, I'm surprised. Yeah, because we get to the, so did we get to there? So the next line is, you'll tell me if Dan, he has to be alive is the next line. I feel like that would have been more prevalent in her thoughts before this point. Mm-hmm. And it also would have given us more tension to hang on to yeah. earlier. Since I mean, it reframes the entire scene, and I don't know why we. It's you know, it's it's a good thing. It kind of goes back to what Dong Wan San said that one time um, in our episode. It's more tense if they know the bombs under the table. Yeah, exactly. The more information we know, the more tense it will be, rather than trying to keep secrets in order to string people along. Yeah, I'm assuming it's the policeman, but there is some interesting. uh, the way that this is formatted makes it hard to tell who's talking, which could be our fault because we got this from an email, but who knows? The light is too harsh and white. It's hurting my eyes. Can you? My voice trembles. Damsel, like I straighten in my chair. I'm sorry. Could you repeat the question? Okay. So she's confused too, but that's not clear from the initial blocking. Uh, his voice is patient, but his eyes betray his irritation. I asked you if due to hallucinatory. I asked you if, due to the hallucinatory nature of the drug you took, you can be sure what you heard was real. You didn't find a body then. I slept in relief. Thank God. Dan's alive, which means when I get out of here, I can beat him within an inch of his miserable life. Hallelujah. The detective is speaking again, filling this room with pointless questions and thinly veiled threats. You're in serious trouble, young lady. You need to start cooperating before serious consequences. See, here we go again, where it seems like her... So it, it it can work that she stops paying attention once she gets the thing that she cares about, but this is obviously what's actually most important to her, not the mermaid's bit. Yeah, which was the first So at line. this point, the mermaid opener feels disingenuous. Which, I mean, it's interesting, and I'd be happy to have that at the beginning, because, like, Dan is dead and also mermaids. Those are two cool things that I'd be excited to read about. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Um, let's see. I tune him. I tune him out mostly. My focus turned inward. Second Street tangles in my head like rope. Memories strongly poisonous berries along the length of it. Telling the truth would be more complicated than the plot of Brennan's favorite fantasy series. 
Who's Brennan? That's good. Okay. Well, I feel like if you drop a name in there without any context, then that causes question marks like, who's Brennan? Should I know who Brennan is? Rather than like, ooh, it's Brennan's favorite fantasy. Like, that's really cool world building or like character building if we have context for Brennan, like if he's standing right in front of us. Um, but like the way it is right now, it's a little bit harder to to catch on that, I guess. What do you think, Cameron? <laughs> I agree. Okay, cool. I mean, so for me, it's I know I'm bad with names. So when I saw that and didn't know who it was, it makes me start scanning above to see if I just missed it. Uh-huh. But since I didn't. So far, we've had like, detective. Rather than. We- oh, go ahead. Yeah. I was going to say, so rather than reading forward, I'm now scanning backward and I'm not finding what I went to look for. And well, Anytime a story stops you and makes you stop reading, that's a bad thing. So, yeah. The scanning is bad. It messes up your flow. All right, continue. Unless you want me to go ahead because we switched paragraphs or pages. Okay. Could I even manage it if I wanted to? Could I even manage what if I wanted to? See, now I'm continue. I'm telling the truth. Oh, telling the truth. Could okay. Be telling the truth. Could I even manage it if I wanted to? I press a palm against my breastbone, feeling brittle and crusted over. Could I? Should I? So here we are, brittle and crusted over. We've had so much like emotional swingage on this girl. I'm a troublemaker, and he won't believe me. But I'll give him the truth anyway. Everything I've seen and faced and swept under the rug will be laid out in glorious nakedness for the detective to scrutinize. That's interesting. Word choice. (laughs) I don't know if I like that. Um, Calls into question a lot of things about this detective and this girl, actually. It'll be his problem then, not mine. I'll wash my hands of it. But what about... I do wonder... So I don't know the details of the world this is set in, but I wonder... Maybe talk to your lawyer before you get naked. Your word's not mine. <laughs> uh, might be a good thing. All right. Um, but what about Dan? My conscience nestle- nettles me. I beat it back into the shadows. Oh, interesting. So before she's worried about Dan, but now she's not again. There's no room for you, conscience. I'm too tired. Okay. I, I, I'm not sure I got that from earlier. Or maybe that is what she's been trying to convey this whole time, that she's like, Dan should not be dead, but I'm too tired. and I Well, so we have Dan. a swing here, right? Now, now for some reason, her telling her entire story is more important than Dan, and I don't know why that changed. Yeah. I request a pen and paper. I think it could oh. be. I, I think it could be that she's decided she has to tell the whole story or they're not going to let her go. But if that's the case, I think that's important enough that it should be spelled out rather than hinted at. Well, and also it seems like she's there willingly. So, and yeah, like she right? wouldn't like she, be stuck there unless she hadn't submitted to a drug test, which she knew she was going to come up positive for. So there has to be a really compelling reason for her to have gone to the detective in the first place, which it seems like. So that part of the been, problem. So part of the problem at this point is we don't understand the stakes she's operating under. We yeah. don't know why she's done any of what she's done. Mm-hmm. Except with the exception that she took the drug test because she doesn't like looking like a damsel in distress. But we don't know why that's the case. Mm-hmm. So, well, she did. We have t- stakes, but they're lacking character motivation. Yeah. Well, she didn't take the drug test because she didn't want to look like a damsel in distress. She took it because she knew she had to in order to talk to the detective. I thought. Oh, I didn't pick that up. That makes sense, but that's I didn't pick that up. Okay. Um. Okay. So we're almost to the end here. This is a very short chapter. Um, so she requests a paper and pen. 
Um, eventually, the detective retrieves both, eyeing me resentfully. So now he's resentful. He's not just, like, annoyed at her. Wondering what scheme I'm cooking up in my troublemaker brain. That's not exactly a POV jump. That's more like a a teenager projecting on somebody. So I can get on board with it, but I'm not sure why she... I guess I can see her thinking that about him because she's already, like, drug test positive. He thinks I'm stupid now. So she's got, like, a a chip on her shoulder about it, I guess, because... Does, does that follow for you? If it were me, I'd stick a probably in there. Just or so definitely, definitely not a... Some kind of a... Some kind of... Just just some kind of a, a, a word lampshade. That mm-hmm. she's not a mind reader. But yeah. I, it's very minor either way. That's true. I wish I had one. A uh, scheme. That's what she's talking about. It'd be nice to be the manipulator for once, the one pulling the strings and telling lies. I ask the detective to leave me alone, and he does, but he makes sure I can feel his resentment. I remember when being interrogated by the police would have made me bawl like a baby in terror. The bows in her hair, wide-eyed girl I was before the house on 2nd Street would have been paralyzed with fear of the consequences. That girl was so restless and naive and afraid. I think I'll start there with her. I tap the pen against my cheek. The room is quiet, but for the soft hum of the air conditioner. The day I found Morningstar Mansion, it was sweltering hot. So I kind of so this like, is a framing device. Yeah, this seems like a prologue. The actual story is going to be what she's about to write. Yeah. Which so, I've definitely read some books. Um, oh, this. no, what was it called? We read it recently. Christian recommended it. It was amazing. Uh, While Cameron looks that up, I'm going to say that it's totally okay to have prologues as long as it's super clear what's happening, I guess. So it's not a confusing thing because a prologue, well, it doesn't really matter one way or another if you have one. Like people will say no on prologues or yes on prologues. What was it, Cameron? Uh, it's codenamed Verity. Oh, yeah. Um, or I mean, there are plenty of books that do this. Like I, well, mean, I was say, I think... The Name of the Wind does this. Like tons of yeah, books. Yeah, I think a framing this. device, a framing device has got to be one of the better justifications for having a prologue. Absolutely. I don't have an issue with, with, with doing it this way. I think the issue I have as we get to the end of the submission is I do not know why she feels the need to write this long story now in, as in sitting in this detective's office. And so in Codename Verity, we know she's she's writing out this you know this chronicle of events because the longer she writes, the more time she has before the Nazis execute her. That's oh, a very okay. driving, ticking time tension bomb. filled ticking time bomb. Whereas here, I I I I don't know I don't know why I, I don't know why she's here. I don't know why she's writing. I don't I don't know yeah. any of those things. I think this is a classic. So there is curiosity. Of... Oh, I, sure. I want to know how we get to this point, but. There, aren't, there isn't stakes attached to that curiosity. Yeah. I'd really love to know just a little bit more about what is on the table for her here. What's on the line? So, while we're being prescriptive. <laughs> I I like this chapter, though. I think it's kind of fun and interesting, and it, it is a nice framing device. Um, I am interested in the mermaids. It seems like this is a sort of contemporary fantasy type of thing going on. Um, except that most of the con- the other people don't know about the fantasy aspects because he doesn't believe about mermaids. So, I mean, that's interesting. And, yeah. I mean, unless you did just make it up. We that's true. Or we, we, we don't know. And I'd say that I think that's part of the, maybe some of the answers we wish we at least had more hints on. I think, um, or at least I thought I thought. <laughs> thought I thunk. Oh, I was going to say, so I really like her, the character voice when she's being sassy. Yeah, I me think. too. 
that's 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 really great and entertaining. I wish it was more consistent. I wish it was consistent. Um, and I understood when she was being sassy, and she wasn't from what she's actually talking to the detective about. Right. Yeah. But when it's there, it's good. Yeah, it's awesome. I love the way this is written. It's awesome. Um, just like a consistency would be great, just like Cameron said, because I'm really good at restating what other people said as if I'm the one who came up with it. Um, yeah. <laughs> so do we have any other last thoughts before we check off for the day here? That didn't make sense before we sign off for the day. Yeah, there we go. Close enough. Uh, I think that's that's all I've got. Okay, awesome. All right. Well, then, thank you so much for submitting. It was great to read your work. Um, let us know on Instagram or Twitter or Facebook or wherever if you guys like it when we do these. Um, and we will see you in our next episode. <laughs>